How's everybody doing? Today's email comes from Shlemy Rosemar from Munson. He says, tremendous compliment. We know that we call nature, the sun rising, gravity, air, atmosphere, etc., etc., the ongoing miracles of Hashem. Since we get used to them and call it nature. Achacham have termed it nace tivi, constant miracles. I would like to express my first to Hashem and to you for another daily constant miracle. Every morning I awake to my favorite Dafyoyim Shiar on YouTube and multiple other sources. Start anytime after day after day. Baruch Hashem, King Yirbu, and he wants to thank the whole crew that's behind the scenes. Thank you, Shloimi Rosenberg. Says the Gemara, how do you do Badikas Chametz? If the sun comes in directly from a skylight or from a window without a glass, you could check directly from the skylight. But if it's indirect sunlight, you cannot check with that sunlight. Nachsadra, as we learned in Eruvin, is some sort of pergola that has four open sides, and the sun comes in from all sides. You could check with the sunlight in the entire Nachsadra. In a chatzar, a yard, you don't have to check at all, because birds will come and take any remaining chametz. We know you can only check with a candle and not with a torch, even though, for Abdullah, a torch is preferable, and HaKash Baruch is compared to a torch, whereas Tzadikim are compared to a candle. So you see, a torch is much better than a candle. What's the reason the Gemara gives? Four reasons. First of all, a candle can get into the narrow crevices. Easier to check. A candle gives off light to the front, where a torch only gives to the rear. A candle, you're not concerned that you're going to burn down the house. A torch, you are concerned, so you won't do a proper bedika. And finally, a torch flickers, a candle doesn't. We learned in the Mishnah, any place that you put chametz in, you, there might be chametz, you have to check. What, what does this call mean? Usually, call comes to include something, Gemara says yes. comes to, to include a number of different situations. For instance, if you, put, if you have a hole, very, really high up on the wall or really low on the wall, you don't have to check because typically you don't put chametz there. If it's medium height, then you do have to check. If you have a roof that's on an angle, you don't have to check. The roof on top of a closet, you don't have to check. Typically, you don't put chametz there, but you have to check inside the closet. A barn, we have a lot of cows, they'll eat the chametz. No, not necessary to check for chametz. Chicken coop, same thing. Chickens are going to eat your chametz, don't check there. If you have a storage facility for straw, you don't have to check because typically you don't bring chametz in there. If you have a bed, do you have to check under the bed? Depends how tall the bed is. If it's easy access under the bed and typically you put things there, check it. Otherwise, if it's low, you don't have to. If you have a cellar, a wine cellar, that in the middle of the meal, your servant will go down to refill wine, you have to check. Why? Because the shamash has no clue how much wine you're going to use during the meal. He could only assume, but in the middle of the meal, somebody's going to come, they're going to drink more, he's going to go get more wine, he might be holding a roll in his hand, he'll put it down, you have to check. But if it's a Oil facility, the Shamash knows exactly how much oil you need for a meal. No need to check there. Rebchia says that in Bavel, since they drink so much beer, beer in Bavel is like wine in Eretz Yisrael, and therefore your cellar for beer must be checked. The beer in Bavel was made out of dates, so it's not hummus. We have to check it just in case you left some bread there. If you have a room for fish storage, if it's for larger fish, you don't have to check it because the servant knows exactly how many fish you're going to use during the meal. Smaller fish, you do have to check because he has no clue. If you have a room for salt storage or wood storage, um, wax and date storage, all those need to be checked because that's a place that you go in the middle of the meal to fetch some more salt and wood, etc. The Gemara says a statement. You don't have to stick your hand into a crevice to check for chametz because of the danger, the sakana. What is the sakana? Tubshatan. Either we're concerned of a scorpion or the guy. What's the pshat in the scorpion? We're concerned... We're talking about a case where you put chametz in the wall, and the wall fell down. Now, scorpions like to hide out underneath these stones that fell down. 
if it's less than three tefachim where a dog could typically fetch it, then we're concerned that the dog might find it and you have to check. But since we're concerned of a sakana, the scorpion might bite you, you don't have to check it. But typically we have this concept of shluchei mitzvah ain't in azaykin. If you're doing a mitzvah, why would you be concerned that you'll have a damage? Because Baruch is going to protect you. Says the Gemara, in fact we see that if you have an ulterior motive, such as if you give tzedakah on condition that your son is healed, on condition that you go to Elam Abba, you consider considered a tzadik gomer for that mitzvah of tzedakah. So we can't really say that he has an ulterior motive. In addition to checking for chametz, he's also checking, let's say, for a needle. But we, what we could say is that it, once he's done checking and the mitzvah is over, then he might continue to check for a needle. Then he has no protection, and that's the concern, and that's why we say don't check. Renachemar Yitzchak says we're not talking about the sakana of a scorpion. We're talking about the sakana of a guy, a guy neighbor. He'll see you doing something interesting, checking with a candle at night. He'll say, what's going on here? You're probably trying to put a spell on me, and I'll go, and I'll kill him. What about shluchim mitzvah in nezaykin? We don't say shluchim mitzvah in nezaykin in a situation where you put yourself in immediate danger. And that's considered immediate danger. Like you see, Shmuel Hanavi was concerned that if he goes to anoint David HaMelech, Shaul will kill him. That's immediate danger. Aye, shluchim mitzvah in nezaykin. That's why Kishboch had to give him an idea. Lie to everybody. Tell everybody. It's not a lie, because Kishboch told him to do so. Tell everybody that you're coming to be Makrivakarva. They asked Rav, what about Talmudim that are coming to learn Torah? Do we have Shluchim Mitzvah and Zaykin? Could they travel at night? He says, on my plates, I'm taking a Christ, don't worry about it. What about returning from Yeshiva back home? He says, that I don't know. However, Rabbi Lazar said, I do know. Shluchim Mitzvah, even on the way back home, there's no damage. In fact, we see this from the early regal. Klai Yisrael went to Yerushalayim. Akash Baruch promises them, nobody's going to touch your fields. Nobody's going to touch your animals. There's not going to be any hazard. It says in the positive, So if your animals won't be damaged, certainly human beings, if they're performing a mitzvah, that they have a mazel, they won't be damaged. The positive promises us that on the way back also, we'll find everything undamaged. When the positive says, it teaches us somebody that has land, is if you don't have land, you're not you can go be a little regal, but you're not too. The Gemara says something very interesting. Why is it that Yerushalayim doesn't have the most tasteful fruits called Peres Genoisa. And they don't have the hot springs of Tzferia. Says the Gemara because Akash Baruch Hu didn't want Klai Yisrael to talk about the wonderful food, fruit, and the hot springs. He wanted them to have the mitzvah l'shma of Ali Alarego. If there's a seller, a wine seller that you use during the meal, we have a machlekes b'shamay b'shillel, how much you have to check. And within b'shamay, and b'shillel, there's a machlekes. B'shamay say, two rows on the entire seller. What does that mean? Rabbi Yudha says, it's two rows from the floor to the ceiling, two rows in. Rabbi Yochanan says it's like a chaf sofit, the end of chaf. One row in the front, one row on the top. They still say two rows that are the outer rows, which are the upper rows. And the do they mean the two outer rows or two upper rows? According to, Ra, according to Shmuel, it's the two upper rows. According to Rav, it's the outer rows. And the Allah is like Shmuel. Why? Because most Amarayim passing like Shmuel, most Hanayim, but there are many Rishonim that are not Gersh that Allah is like Shmuel. In fact, Allah is like Rav when it comes to Yisurim. Have a wonderful day.